Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. All right, so here's the question. Who would you rather have to deal with? You got to pick one, Nurse Ratchet or Nurse Freddy? (laughs) Oh, God. You got to pick one. You know what? I think for my chance of survival... I'm going with Nurse Ratchet because she's yeah, not she as won't. godlike as Freddy. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare. And they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hey, peeps, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies share our perspective as filmmakers, and trap you in a roach motel with our spoilery spoilers. I'm Tara. Hey, what up, dudes? I'm Matt. Do you, uh, well, first I'll just say terror beyond your wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. Freddy Krueger returns once again to terrorize the dreams of the remaining dream warriors, as well as those, as well as those, of a young woman who may be able to defeat him for good in... The wrap-up to our month-long celebration of Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Having so. not watched anything past Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I'm going to just just guess uh-huh. that she does not defeat him for good. Well, there are like eight of them, so the answer would be no. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's but not remember, for good. it said she may be able to. She so. may be able to. There's we no, will find yeah. out. Yeah, so there's no, we, we, we know, we know who. It didn't we say will, she. We will see. Didn't say she did. It said she may. So said she may. Yeah, that's right. I have a feeling she's not going to defeat him for good. She might defeat him. We shall see. But she yeah. will not defeat him for good because mm-hmm. there's a million other movies. Mm-hmm. So this was directed by Rennie Harlan. Yeah. What else? Did who? He do? <clears throat> uh, you know, I'm not sure. But here's how he got the job. Okay. 
He refused to take no for an answer um, rather than accept that they didn't want him to to direct the movie. He just showed up at New Line Cinema offices like every single day and kept asking to speak with the producer, with Robert Shea. And for a variety of different reasons, uh, either they didn't like the other directors or they weren't available or whatever. Um, And Harlan just always seemed to be around. So they (laughs) gave it to him. He was just hanging out. That's a good strategy. If I just hang out long enough. I mean, it seems like a good strategy for him. It does not seem like a good strategy for them to just kind of like hire a dude because he's there all the time. It's kind of like that guy who has a crush on that girl and he figures if I just hang around her long enough, you know, eventually we'll get together. Yes. Yes. Eventually. That never works. That nearly never works. I'll just be there for the film (laughs) and eventually the film will want me. Yes. They'll want me and it worked for him, I guess. So more power to him. Yeah, and so, okay, so it was written by Brian Helgland, who was recommended by Robert Englund after he wrote 976 Evil. 976 Evil, which made a sequel, by the way. There's a 967 Evil, 976 Evil 2, I believe. I don't know, but I do know that that was Englund's directorial debut. (laughs) And uh, so Helgland, Robert Shea gave him a week to write the script because they had a release Lord. date already set for the film. <laughs> yeah, they were cranking. I mean, in the, in the 80s, the Halloweens and the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Fridays, they were they were cranking them out, man. They yeah, really were. he had to like just zip, 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 write that thing real fast. Oh, boy. Um, and uh, this was also the highest grossing of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, except for Freddy vs. Jason. Hmm. Okay. Um, it earned $49 million just in the U.S. But not the best one. You know, opinion. not the best one. You know, <laughs> I have thoughts. I mean, that's your opinion. That's what it's all about. I mean, I think I part three was, was really probably like fan- this one. No, oh, no, no. I, I, I didn't say it wasn't good. I just said it's not the best. Um, like, I think part I, three seems to be the part three seems to be the fan favorite. I get why people love three so much. Well, this is movie's fine. But I really like four. Four is good. Like, I think it's as good as three. I really like it. It's good. Um, so this opens with a quote. When deep sleep quotes, yeah. falleth on men, fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. This is Job mm. 4, okay. verses 13 to 14. Okay. Um, and then we get the great, awesome credit song. Which I believe was sung by the actress who played Kristen. Oh, Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. How about isn't that a great name? Tuesday night. Yeah, she's a yeah. she's an actress. She's a singer. She's kind of everything. Yeah. So she probably I think did she porno. sang the she sang the song, and um, this was also I noticed in the credits the first time that Robert Englund headlined it. Mm, yeah. Well, by this point, yeah. It's the first time he got top billing. You should. <laughs> yeah. So post credits, we open on a young girl. Um, chalking a house on the sidewalk and her hand covers one of the windows and Kristen Tuesday night walks up and says "Um, do you live here and the little girl says nobody lives here she says Mm -hmm. where's Freddie and the little girl says he's not home and she lifts her hand and Freddie's in the window in the little house that she drew Mm -hmm. and she drew it in front of the nightmare on Elm Street house that's right so suddenly it's night and the door to the house that the girl was in front of is like 
it opens and there's little girls singing the Freddie song and I think they're jump roping. And Kristen goes in and a tricycle falls down the stairs. That's from from uh, number three. Mm. And the door slams closed behind her. And she goes to the window and it blasts inward from a storm. And then she hears a noise. She calls for Joey and Kincaid. And Kincaid flies into and then straight through his bedroom wall, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, and he says to her, ah, oh, shit, Kristen, not again. And then Joey shows up and they tell her basically like Freddie is dead. The pipes in the boiler are cold. There's there's nothing going on anymore. Not really. And then Kincaid's dog jumps out of the boiler and he bites her and they all wake up. And she just like wraps a cloth around her arm and goes back to sleep. Because that's what you do when you get a bloody egregious dog bite. I mean, if you're living in the Fringe Elm Street universe, maybe it is. I don't know. I guess so. Maybe she's had so much of this crap happen to her in her sleep that exactly. she just doesn't care anymore. But yeah, she just totally is like, do, 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 wraps it up and goes to sleep again. So the next morning, she drives to her boyfriend Rick's house. Um, and this is such a great shot, I think. There's the we're on her rearview mirror the whole time is the focus of the shot. So we see her eyes as we're seeing where she's driving at the same time. It's just a really cool yeah, shot. Yeah. Um, and so she gets there and Rick's sister, Alice comes out and then Rick's dad is like rude. Cause he's a rude drunk, he I guess. A rude his wife guy, is dead. He? Right. Um, yeah, he's mean. He's um, not nice. And then Rick jumps out the upstairs window and hops onto the front porch. Yeah. Because he wants to avoid his dad, and so they right. all go to like, school. That was a good move, yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty cool move. Um, and then at school, they join Debbie, who thinks that Dan, who they're seeing like across the parking lot, is one major league hunk. Mm, I like and that. And Alice sort of daydreams <laughs> telling him that. So this is the first time we're going to see like Alice has little daydreams yeah, yeah. Um, throughout the movie. And uh, Sheila shows up, and Sheila is kind of a nerd, and you know she's... She's the smart kid and the serious type. And she shows up and she asks Deb, uh, excuse me, Deb asked her for homework help. And we learn right. that Sheila has asthma. So that yep. will be important later on. Key, yes. And then there's a bug on Debbie's food and she squishes it and it's like, ugh, so disgusting. Um, so that will be important later on too. Yes. <laughs> These little throwaway things that will come back later. Um, and then... Kincaid and Joey um, tell, are telling Kristen inside the school that it's just time to start living like regular people and they have better things to dream about. And Rick walks up as they're leaving and is like, oh, those guys are kind of spooky. Um, and then that night, Alice is doing the dishes and Rick is doing karate and their dad gets home late and he's mean again. <laughs> okay. Um He's just mean again. He does his thing. He's mean. And Alice mean daydreams like snapping back at him. Um, so she's we're setting up this like this habit that she has of daydreaming things. Um, and then later on, Kincaid is playing darts and the door to his room creaks open. And his dog Jason comes in. And I like how a dog his name is Jason. <laughs> 
that, which hmm. it may be a nod to Friday the 13th. It's got to be. It has to be. Yeah, it, it very well may be. It has to, to um, me. To me. Because why is. else would you in a movie name a dog Jason? That's not like a normal dog name. Dogs shouldn't have people names. Um, I disagree. Uh, not Two like, out no. of my three dogs that okay. I've had have had people not, names. How about not common? Okay, like Jason's a common name. You yeah, like Jason's it. not a dog name. I agree no, with it's that. Not a dog like, name. We right. had an Arthur. We have okay, a Carlton. Right. right, that's fine. Like, Bean is not really a dog name, but I figured I'd throw her name out there because she deserves to get a little airtime too. Um. <laughs> I knew a, I knew a bulldog once named Gertrude. Like, that's a great name for okay, a dog. Okay, see, right? that's fantastic. Gertie. Yeah, right, Gertie that's is like, great for a bulldog. Right. But like regular names, like yeah, that okay. Anyway. Yeah, like <laughs> Jason or Tim. Right, John, Frank, Steve. Yeah, Jennifer, that's right. weird. Hi, this yeah. is my dog, Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer, come here, Jennifer. Good girl. That's hilarious. That's a weird like, name My dog, a dog has a has a female's, uh, a, like a, a woman's name. Sure. But it's not a common yeah. name at all. I, I, I don't think, I don't believe it's common. No, not really. No, so. no, no. Yeah, so I think, I think we can agree that like more common names don't, like seem weird for dog yes. names, which I think Jason is one of those. So I agree. It, yes. it feels like it's got to be, got to be about Friday the Thirteenth. Glad we solved it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Good night. Yeah. Um, no. So back to the movie. Kincaid falls asleep, and he wakes up in the trunk of a car in a junkyard, <gasps> which we we've saw. Been, in we've been here before. We've been here before. He says, "This ain't my dreamland." And then his dog is there digging at Freddy's grave in the junkyard. And the dog barks at Kincaid and then pees fire on Freddy's grave. I wish my dog would pee fire. Which, so apparently while the film was being written, um, Rennie Harlan bumped into James Cameron. And Cameron was like kind of being a dick and was like, oh, how are they going to bring Freddy Cameron, back to life this time? James Cameron is an ass. So anyway, that's another well, story. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But he was kind of being like obnoxious. It was like, how are they going to bring Freddy back to life this time? And so Harlan was like, oh, yeah, dog pisses fire on him. He comes back to life. And that's what they used in the film. So I have. That's <laughs> the story, at least. What, what year? I'm sorry. What year is this one? Was this released? 85, oh, 86? Um, no, no, no. This was later than that, I think. Um, ooh, why did I not put that in my notes? It was 1988. I just, it's very interesting that um, around that time, I can't remember for sure what year Friday the 13th 6 was, but Jason and Freddy both come back to life from a grave. Whereas, yeah. like, Jason comes back to life with a lightning bolt from, like, a uh, like a piece of iron, and Freddy comes back by... How about Freddy comes back from piss from a dog named Jason? Yeah. I don't know. Seems yeah. weird. They, they both kind of get reborn in similar fashions. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just crazy. I'm just thinking that off the top of my head. Maybe that's not really the way it is, but it I seems mean, like they I mean, I'm not are, sure... Oh. pissing fire from a dog is really much like anything else, but I get what no, you're saying. But no, it's the fire that, and the right. lightning. I get what that you're part, saying. That part, they both, you know, are, are buried and, you know, presumably dead and they both yeah. are resurrected from a grave to come back to life. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. just throwing yeah, stuff yeah, out totally. there. Yeah, um, totally. So then the earth opens 
and Freddy Skeleton like reforms and grows and that, that's, that's organs what Jason, and flesh. That's what Jason does when he comes when he's struck by lightning. He comes back to life like that. It's the same thing. Okay, yeah. So and it's around so the same yeah, times. The same, they both like, kind of come back as they they're, they're well, basically I mean, ripping ripping each other off. Yeah. We've had Freddy versus right. Jason, so they're in the same right. universe. So they yeah. could come back the same way. That would make yeah. sense, I guess. It just it just seems like they're connected. That's all. So he's, like, filling out and growing organs and muscles and flesh and everything. And the dog, like, whines and runs away. And then Kincaid looks in the grave, sees Freddy, and he runs, too. He takes off. I would run as well. Uh, Yeah, I would absolutely (laughs) run if I saw some skeleton growing organs and flesh and shit. Um, So Freddy starts after Kincaid. And Kincaid has climbed up on top of a bunch of cars, and he levers a car on top of Freddy and, like, crushes him with it. But it doesn't work. And then all the cars start moving and they're like corralling Kincaid and sort of trapping him. Um, Not sort of trapping him, actually just trapping him. Right. And then Freddy comes and he stabs Kincaid in the stomach. And like right before he stabs him, though, Kincaid is like, Kristen, he's back. And then in his bedroom, Kincaid dies. Mm -hmm. Fan favorite. Gone. Fan favorite. I know so quick in this movie. Gone. Um, he and Joey both, right? So yeah, we're right. about to we're about to see Joey go. Um, but meanwhile, Kristen is having a smoke at her bedroom window. I guess just so we know that she smokes, because I think that's gonna come back later. There you go. Um Joey falls asleep listening to music, watching MTV, and reading a magazine. And he's got this poster of a supermodel on his wall. And suddenly the model is inside his waterbed. And this looked so cool, I thought. She's like swimming yeah. inside his waterbed like a little mermaid, except that she's got, you know, regular legs, but like right. in that fashion. And then it's suddenly it's Freddy who splashes out and he yeah. like takes Joey under and drowns him and stabs him. And he says, how's this for a wet dream? Right. That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> so that, That's our, um, how many bed death scenes do we have from this series right with you know um, my goodness gracious a lot <laughs> well it makes sense so i mean well like it is about sleeping minimum so. well it depends on if you're counting like do you count kincaid where he <laughs> in the dream died in the junkyard and then died in his bed no i meant just like bed sent i mean you know glenn like gets bed centric glenn this the, the water this bed. One. Tina dies with the scene where she's attacked in her bed. The mother yeah, in the first yeah. movie. But I mean, it's about you know sleeping and dreaming, so it would make sense that it's. I just I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, totally. How many ways can you invent killing people with a bed? Right. So dying in a bed. Well, right. one of them is by making it a water bed. So Alice is then looking at the photos, covering up her mirror, and um, Rick teases her about it, and then he teaches Alice to kick. Um, like ha ha oh, yeah. or whatever he does and right. she kicks her shoe right into her fish tank yeah. and the next morning um, Joey's mom finds him inside the waterbed like he's yeah. in it like oh dead like, pressed up against the the inside of it yeah so he's not like in bed in the waterbed he is inside the like actual yes bladder of the waterbed yes and at school, Kristen is smoking, and she tells Alice she's worried about Joey and Kincaid. And Alice tells Kristen about something her mom taught her as a child, the Dream Master. It's a rhyme that's supposed to, like, help you dream about something good and, like, 
protect you while you're sleeping and dreaming. Right. So in class, they get to class and Joey and Kincaid's seats are empty and Kristen freaks out and she freaks out so hard that she knocks herself unconscious. (laughs) Yeah, she's like screaming, where are they and why aren't they here? And she knocks herself unconscious and then a nurse wakes her up Oh, and the that's the great scene. I love this scene. Turns into Freddy. <laughs> and you knew it was Robert England right away, but you were like, okay, yeah, hold on a second. He's, he's got this the like him. blood vial, and he's like, I'd yeah. like to draw some blood. And then right. she's woken up again, but this time it's re- real for nurse. real by the, the real, real nurse. nurse. You had quite a bump on your head, that line she says twice, right? Yeah, so the nurse, like Freddy, Nurse Freddy was about to get her, and nurse then the Freddy. real nurse like gives does smelling salts and wakes her All up right, for so real. All right, so here's the question. Who would you rather have to deal with? You got to pick one. Nurse Ratchet? Or Nurse Freddy. <laughs> oh God! You gotta you pick know one. What? You know what? I think for my chance of survival, I'm going with Nurse Ratchet because she's yeah, not as she godlike as Freddy. She's a real person, and she won't actually kill you. Probably, Freddy is a monster yeah. who wants to kill you. So I think yeah, that's the way like to go. she's horrible, and I feel like I would yeah. be more likely to be able to just like kick her. But like it would probably live. It would be hard, but I think I could I think I could kill her if she tried to kill me. I think you've made the right decision. Yeah, I think I'd have the chance. Thank you for asking me that. Well, you know what? This is what I do. I think of stupid ideas. It's these kinds of important questions that we (laughs) ask on the podcast. This is how I spend my life. It's yeah. (laughs) It's pretty good. Um, So uh, after school, Dan goes to the diner where Alice works and he's looking for Rick. Um and the name of the diner... Ah, I'm glad you caught this. I've seen this before, too, yes. Is the Crave Inn. What's ah, that a reference ah, to, Matt? Ah, ah, ah. Well, Wes Craven, of course. Of course. Yeah. So, you gotta be quick the Crave to catch Inn. That, but yeah, I've noticed that one before. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. And then um, Debbie is like, comes up to Alice and is like, oh, too bad. Your shift's over. And she goes to wait on Dan and his friend. Um, and then Sheila comes in on her way to the library Um and talks to Alice a bit and um and Debbie, yeah. Talks to Alice and Debbie. And I think she's that's when she tells Debbie, I think Debbie's talking about boys, and she's like, That's my motto, mind over matter. Sheila's like trying to convince her that she should pay more attention mm-hmm. to her mind. Um and then as Sheila leaves, Rick comes in and tells Alice that Joey and Kincaid died last night. Yeah. So he's he's got um got Kristen with him and Alice and Dan leave with Rick and Kristen and Kristen takes them to the abandoned house, um, the house from the first movie. So it is now abandoned and it's the house from the very beginning. And Dan apparently had no name originally. Like, I don't know why he's a pretty big part. I don't know why they originally didn't give him a name, but Danny Hassel, the actor who played him, picked the name. I guess he just was like, call me Dan. Call me Dan. Because his name is Danny. And that stuck. So that is how he got to be Dan. Like, I don't know if he was just like a the jock or what, but he seems to have a pretty big role for not okay. having a name, which is weird. Sure. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah, there's a little trivia for you. Kind of weird. Um, so at this abandoned house, Rick tells Dan the story of Freddy Krueger. And Alice tells Kristen part of the Dream Master rhyme. She can remember part of it, but she can't remember all. Um, And then at home, Kristen gets home and her mom drugs her drink (laughs) while they're eating dinner. 
because she mom, hasn't been sleeping. Her mom's her mom is the worst. Not, not an ideal parent. She's not good. Um, she's she's really not, not an ideal parent. No. So yeah, she drugs Kristen's drink to get her to go to sleep. Um, and Kristen is like, "You've just killed me. She's Take that to, like, to call, your grave." She's like trying to call somebody on the phone. She's like, she tries. Yes, yeah, she gets upstairs to her room <laughs> and she starts to call Alice, and then she passes yeah. out. And she's saying to herself, I love "Dream it. someplace fun. Dream someplace right. fun." So she's laying on the beach now, and this little the little girl from the beginning is building a sandcastle. And suddenly we see a fin cut through the water, yes. and it's Freddy's claw. <laughs> And it blasts the sandcastle, and then I, Freddy's there. I mean, sharks are great, but a shark with a Freddy glove fin? I mean, how great is that's, that? That's pretty freaky. It's almost um, as good as the, as a zombie fighting a shark, but that's for another day. So, Yeah, well, I'm waiting until I hit the, 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 one, the one in which he actually turns into a shark. Um, I don't remember that, but a- okay. Apparently, there's... Or is that what? Or is this what people were talking about when they talk about when Freddy turns into a shark? I know this. In, in this one, he's the the he's he's the dorsal fin of the. Uh, Maybe this is shark. what people were talking about. I thought they meant he actually like. Oh, if he does, I missed into it. a shark somewhere. That would be amazing. I've got to see that again if that's the case. Maybe that's not actually there, and I misunderstood somebody telling me that he was a shark. Could be. Um. So maybe this is it, and maybe I've seen All it. Right. Anyways. Okay. It's pretty he's, good. He stands in place of the sandcastle now, and Kristen runs, but she's caught in quicksand. Yeah. Um, which, again, is a lot like the stairs yeah, in one and then the right. hallway in three, right? Pretty cool, right? Yeah, so she's like, she starts like sinking into the quicksand, and Freddie pushes her under with his boot, and she lands inside the, the Dream World house. And she's like on the ceiling, and she crawls down and then like flips down into the next room, so she's right side up again. And then she runs down to the boiler room. Why would she run towards the boiler room like Freddy's lair? Like, why you would do that, I don't know. But she that's what she does. She's a big dummy. And Freddy's stalking her. I think she might be. Um, mm. And he goads her to call a friend. Like, he's, like, screwing with her and, and poking at her and sort of just, like, slowly stalking her. She's like, why don't you reach out and touch someone? And she accidentally calls Alice. And then she tries to wake Alice up because she realizes that she's messed up by calling in Alice. Um, he can now affect Alice's dreams. Mm-hmm. So Freddie throws Kristen into the boiler and oh, she yeah. gives she gives Alice her power before she dies. This is also and when he like holds up his chest and he's like, the power of the children's souls. Rah. And when she... And they did a good job. Like she goes in that fire, and like they show her like getting roasted. Like it was yeah, nasty. yeah. Like, like she like flies Ooh. away, and she's like, "You'll need this," and like throws Man. her power out. Yeah. And then Alice wakes up, and she sees a new postcard on her mirror because you know, like we said, her mirror was like completely covered with photos mm-hmm. and postcards. And she picks she picks it up, and it's Freddie with Kristen. It says "Greetings from Hell," and then it just bursts mm-hmm. right. into flame. It's pretty good. So Alice goes and gets Rick and they go to check on Kristen. Like this is like still in the middle of the night. She's Mm. like, we got to go. We got to go to Kristen's house. And when they get there, her bedroom is on fire and they burst in and like they and the mom go into her room and Kristen is dead. Yep. And her room's like completely on fire. So then later Alice is watching home movies of like all their friends 
and Rick comes in and they're talking about Kristen and and it's actually kind of a sweet little moment where he's like you can see that he's actually upset and like he's not just the like kind of cocky like karate guy it's like mm-hmm. a kind of nice moment where he's like really yeah, sad yeah. about his girlfriend sure. should be and then she tells Rick that she saw it happen in her dream but he doesn't want to hear about that crap like he doesn't believe right. in he's it he's done right and this scene was apparently a last minute addition to the shooting script Um, In an interview with Andres Jones, who plays Rick, he said that because of the writer's strike and Rennie Harlan didn't have, like, great English, he and Lisa Wilcox, who played Alice, wrote their own dialogue for it. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a cool little tidbit. Mm -hmm. Um, And the next day, Sheila shows Alice this device that she made for Debbie with a high frequency that'll, like, drive bugs away for her. Oh, yeah, right. And Alice starts to smoke a cigarette, right? So she's taking on personality traits from Kristen. And she's like, she starts to smoke. And she's like, I don't smoke. So she's picking up personality traits from her friends as they die. Like, mm-hmm. we'll find that later. As Every time someone dies, she picks up part of their, like, abilities and their, and their mm-hmm. personality. So they're having an exam in class. And the words on Sheila's paper, like, start scrambling around. And then Alice looks over at Sheila and blood is dripping from Sheila's pen. And this robot arm comes out and grabs Sheila's face. And Alex, Alice gets like locked into her desk. And mm-hmm. then Freddie's in the teacher's chair all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And he walks over to Sheila and he says, want to suck face? <laughs> and he sucks her dry. Like, and Literally. she's like. <laughs> yeah. She's like completely deflating. And then Alice wakes up and Sheila is having an asthma attack and she dies. Yep. And Alice just kind of like almost absentmindedly like picks up the bug zapper device from the floor and keeps it. So Alice realizes now that she brought Sheila in and it's her fault that Sheila's dead. And Rick is like starting to believe it. He's kind of like getting upset about and starting to believe that there's something going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And Alice goes in her bedroom and she takes the photo of herself and Sheila off the mirror. So she's like opening up more space where she can sort of see herself in the mirror because before it was completely covered. She couldn't see herself at all. Now, Dan shows up at the diner again and it's pretty uh, – I think he asked for a piece of gum, but it's pretty obvious that he wants to check on, on uh, Alice. Right. <clears throat> and Alice tells him that Kristen was the last child of the people that killed Freddie and he must need someone to bring him new kids or he can't get to them. And Dan um, still, I think, doesn't quite believe it, but he leaves with the girl that he's on a date with. Um, and then later, one of Dan's friends makes fun of Rick and Dan stands up for him. That's like back in school again. And then a teacher is talking about dreams in class. And he actually mentions the dream master. Um, and Alice starts to fall asleep. And that teacher, did you know this, who this is? Mm-hmm. He I is so. the producer and New Line Cinema CEO, Robert Shea. Oh, oh is that Bob Shea? Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. What's he talking about? He's talking he's about seen. dreams and their Is significance, he okay. and he and he okay. mentions the dream master, and Alice falls asleep, and then at the same time, Rick has gone to the bathroom, and he's falling asleep in the bathroom, Got and it. a bunch of cheerleaders come into his stall, and then he sees Kristen in the mirror, 
And the next thing he knows, he's in an elevator. And he ends up in this yeah. dream yeah. martial arts dojo with fog yeah, right. everywhere. Right. Um, and as he steps off the elevator, um, a Japanese-inspired version of the Nightmare on Elm Street theme is playing. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And then it's totally cool. Um, it's very 80s. It's it is. very, very 80s. It's good. I like it, yeah. And then an invisible opponent starts like beating him up. And he's trying to fight back. And he finally, he kicks Freddy's glove off. But Freddy picks it back up and he just stabs Rick with it. Sure does. And Alice wakes up screaming. So they've both been asleep at the same time. So I wasn't sure if like she knew that was happening. But Um, somehow she's fallen asleep and she's brought Rick in with her. Right. But that wasn't totally clear to me exactly what no, was going I, on there. I, 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 I can get lost sometimes, and there's a lot happening yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so later at Rick's funeral, Alice daydreams again, and she daydreams him opening his casket and, like, talking to her and saying that he's not really dead. But then he gets back in his casket. And Danny and Deb stand with her, and they decide that to make a plan that that night they're going to they're gonna meet up at the dinner um, – or they're going to meet up and Dan is going to pick Alice up at the diner at eight. And then they're going to go to Debbie's house and they're going to like make a plan. And Debbie and Dan also like at this point are like noticing that she changes a little bit after every death. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's, as we said, she's picking up mm-hmm. people's right. um, powers and their personality traits. We don't know if she's got their power, all their powers yet, but we, we right. will see that later. And in her bedroom, Alice takes down a photo of Rick and she hangs his karate head band up, and then she practices with his nunchucks, and she can use them again because she's picking up his yep. his power, his ability. Right. So as she's about to leave the house, her dad tells her she has to stay in, and he's like, so drunk and sad, <laughs> and he's like watching TV right now. Can't lose her. Well, he like gets up though, and he like yeah. He yeah. like holds the door closed, and he's like, "You're all, right. you're all I've got. We're all we have left." And so she stays home. And Dan is at the diner waiting for her, and he says, I love this line, all the towns in America, and I got to move to the Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) That was good, yeah. (laughs) And meanwhile, Debbie's working out. And Alice... And I love her her bench. She's got... So she's got the bar... Which is what? What is that? Like twenty five, thirty pounds, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's got. Then, she's got she's like got a what, 10, big bar. She's got what ten pounds on each. Like if you're gonna lift, like actually lift something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't notice how much she had on <laughs> there's, there. There's, there's nothing on there. There's nothing Whatever. on it. Yeah, there's they're nothing. probably not even real, anyways. No, probably not. Um, so Alice uh, sneaks out her bedroom window and she goes to meet Dan, but he's not there. So she goes into the movie theater. Where they're playing Reefer Madness. Yeah, Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. I, I, I love this scene in the theater too. I love the all the yes. old theater with the balcony up top and everything. Isn't that cool? Yes. And she's yeah. up high and the diner oh, shows the balcony, yeah. All of a sudden the diner is on screen in the movie and her popcorn like gets sucked towards the screen. And her drink and everything. And then yeah. she does, yeah. And like there's the Crazy. matching shot of like her shoe. Yeah. Like falling towards the screen and then like being on screen. It's all of a sudden it's black and white like the movie. And then it happens with her too. And she's in the movie. Yeah. It's cool. And then a waitress who I think is played by her. I think it's supposed to be old Alice. 
Yeah, I think so. Takes her order and then puts a pizza down in front of her. And the Uh meatballs (laughs) are her friend's faces. The Freddy pizza. And Freddy comes and he spikes one and he eats it. And he's like, "Mm, I love soul food. So I'm going to ask this. That's a good one, too. I I don't. This is 88. I was I mean, I was just a little kid, but I don't remember. Did, Did Pizza Hut or Domino's capitalize on this at the time? I have no idea. I was pretty young, too. You would think they would have jumped on this. I'm going to have to do some research and find out about that. I don't that. know. Yeah. If you find out, we'll, uh, we can put it on social media. Yeah. If they did. Um, but so then he says to her, bring me more. And then he sees Debbie and he tells Alice, your shift is over. And she's like, oh, no. Like, because now he's going to go after Debbie. So Alice wakes up. And she, because she's been asleep, and she runs to the diner, and she and Dan get in his car, and they're heading to Debbie. And Debbie is still working out, but I guess now it's in her dreams, or maybe before she was dreaming about working out. I'm not really clear on this one either, like when she fell asleep. And Alice and Dan keep playing the same scene, getting in the car to go find Debbie. Yeah, loops over and over. And right, over and over. it keeps it looping. It takes them like four or five tries to finally realize that they're that it's happening and too, right? Meanwhile, Freddie starts, and this part kills me. Freddie starts pushing Debbie's weightlifting bar down until he cracks her elbows. Yeah, ow, ow, uh, right? We were talking about that on our Laughing with Ginger's guest spot, right? Like anything with knees or elbows or ankles There's is like Wah. certain spots that Ugh. yeah, they know, they just know how to get you. Yeah, right? it's so bad. And then <laughs> yeah. she like holds her arms out and they like flop around. Oh yeah, and um, and bug arms come out of the holes in her elbows, and then she, and and then she's in Freddy's dream world, like she's not in her yeah. dream world anymore, and right. she turns more and more into a bug, and then she gets stuck in a roach motel. Because remember, of course, we had mentioned she's terrified of bugs, right? For those right. that are not she hates us. bugs, yeah. <laughs> right? And so, um, the actress Brooke Thice, I think that's how you say her name. She was actually in the cockroach costume, like inside the quote-unquote roach motel. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So she was in the costume and the makeup, and she said the only really difficult part was when Debbie pushes her roach body up and she sees Freddie's eye looking inside because this floor was, this floor was so slippery. Okay. Um, so Dan finally notices now that he and Alice keep doing the same thing over and over. And we cut back to Freddie, and he has the Roach Motel, and he crushes it. So Squishes that thing. There goes Debbie. (laughs) That's gross. And Alice, they're in the car, and Alice is driving, and she realizes that Debbie's gone. And then Freddie shows up in front of them. And she says, and I, this line stuck with me because it's so awkward. I'm going to punch his ticket in. Shouldn't it just be I'm going to punch his ticket yeah, there should also be more like to that where you're going to punch it to, I would think. But yeah, that is a weird, awkward... But she awkward... says, I'm going to punch his ticket in. Yeah. Which I just thought I was know. funny. Because I'm that pretty sure that's not the same. Maybe that wasn't... Maybe they did like a whole bunch of takes and they realized that they did them all wrong and that was the only one that was any good. Yeah, maybe. But I'm pretty that's... sure that's not the actual saying. Uh, um, no, I don't, no, no, I, I've never heard that either. And then I, I Alice... Never, I, didn't, I, didn't really, I never even paid attention to that, though. I've heard, I've heard I'm going to punch his ticket. Sure, I've heard I've that. I've never heard I'm going to punch his ticket in. No. Okay. So yeah. then she rams Freddie with the truck, but in real life, it turns out she's just rammed a tree. And Dan is really badly injured. So he goes to the hospital for surgery, and she's like in the ambulance with him, and they're about to put him under, and she stops them and, t- and tells him, don't let them put you to sleep. Yeah. Um, 
And they get to the hospital, and Alice finds out that he's going into surgery in 15 minutes. So she well, knows how what. long she's got before he's Surg- asleep. Surgery wouldn't be. Surgery would suck if you didn't. If you didn't. If you didn't go under, I can tell you that. Oh yes, it would. Um, and he that and he does eventually. He worst. does go under, but she wants to be there when he goes oh, under. So man. she swipes her dad's keys from him because her dad showed up, yeah. and she takes his car and speeds home to get ready to take on Freddie. And meanwhile, Dan is like trying to stop the doctors from giving him gas, while Alice is like taking sleeping pills and getting into her like tough girl outfit. Yeah, yeah. And taking all the photos down from her mirror. And the movie montage music is so fabulously 80s. <laughs> Isn't it great? Um, it's freaking fantastic. I know. And then Dan looks up on the operating table and he sees Freddy Krueger. So it's, okay, crap. Now he's in the dream and Freddy's there. Alice crashes through her mirror in her bedroom and lands in the OR. And she and Dan leave. And they find themselves in like a sort of Freddy carnival spinning tunnel thing. Like a Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's got it looks like a kaleidoscope kind of. Mm-hmm. And then they crash through the end of it through a stained glass window into a church. Yeah, yeah. And in real life, Dan starts hemorrhaging and the doctors bring him out. And so he's like fading as she's like there, like and they're like, Oh crap. And the doctors tell him, you know, he's gonna be okay. They're like, You started hemorrhaging, but we got you out, you're gonna be fine. And then Alice hears the um, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you chant. Yeah. And Freddy shows up and says, welcome to Wonderland, Alice. <laughs> and she cartwheels and flips over to Freddy to fight him. But every time she hits him, he just laughs. Um, and he says, you've got their power. I've got their souls. Come on. <laughs> it's so dorky. It is, um, but it's great. Oh yeah, it's it's beautifully goofy. So um, she kicks him down, and then she starts to like look around, and then he pops up behind her and he throws her into the altar, and she hops back up and zaps him with the bug zapper that Sheila made and a live wire, like she like yep. touches them to each other and zaps yep. him, and then he has a big hole in his chest and his heart showing through it, but he closes it right back up and he says, "I am eternal." And he backhands her. And then the little girls that we keep seeing throughout the movie are like standing on a balcony and they say the dream master chant and she starts to say it. And at the end, it's something about through my mirror, evil be gone or something like that. So she picks up a mirror and she shows it to Freddie and he yells and all his trapped souls on his chest yeah. and everything scream and their <laughs> arms come out and they pin him to an ornate room divider and then they just like tear him apart as mm-hmm. Alice watches and all the souls like start flying out of him and they thank Alice on the way like you hear a little like thank yes. you right thank you I'd and be they happy fly out the window <laughs> and she says and she says to Freddie rest in hell And she walks out of the church and into the light as serene music plays. And then we get a little coda. A little while later, Alice and Dan are walking outside in a park by a fountain. And Dan tells her to make a wish and he throws a coin in. And she sees Freddy in the water for a moment. 
and then she starts to recover and Dan asks her what she wished for but she says well if I tell you it wouldn't come true and they just walk right. away because <laughs> right. they're now obviously dating and it's very cute so cute <laughs> so cute so cute so yeah I I did really enjoy this one all right so that was what I was going to ask so so tell us since you have now seen the first four, tell us what you've learned. What you, what have you, what have you liked about the? You you've seen basically half, if not fifty-five to sixty percent of the franchise. What do you yeah. like about Nightmare on Elm Street? What do you okay, not like? Okay. What do you, what do you think? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to say, I think of the like, the like big three, like this Friday Thirteenth, Halloween. Yep, yep. I'm going to say this is my favorite. Okay, these are my least favorite. I I think this is my favorite. I really like, especially three and four, once Freddy really starts quipping and having more fun. Yes. um, I just get a kick out of that. I love Mm -hmm. horror comedy, so Mm -hmm. anything like that. And I love the, like, fantastical, ridiculous kills. Yes. Like, I just really... Yeah, the effects, the, like, just the, the... bombast of it all like it's so mm-hmm. it's so over the top it's yes. so ridiculous um it's so silly and that i just i really enjoy it okay um yeah it doesn't take itself too seriously for sure yeah i think, I think what don't i like oh if you don't like it, i mean i mean i do feel like it. it took them a couple movies to sort of settle into what they wanted to be if that makes mm-hmm. sense Mm-hmm. Um, sure. not having seen anything after three and four, but I feel like three and four was, was where they kind of hit their stride. One and two were a little more, I don't want to say weaker, but they, they just weren't as, uh, as f- they didn't have well, as much style to them. They weren't stylistically yeah. quite the original finished is, yet is, you know you have to look at the original of all these series on their own yeah. as as just as is but yeah right yeah right. two two was a weird d- different kind of movie but yeah two is weird and um, i enjoyed two as well though yeah, but it was no, definitely I, like they weren't they hadn't figured out what they really wanted what the core of freddie was uh-huh. yet yeah he, he evolved exactly good point. yeah i feel like he evolved throughout the first three or four movies um sure and so I feel like in three and four, he's hitting his stride and they're really letting him be like this still mean, but like Justin said in three, like he's still mean, but he's also yeah, enjoying he's himself and funny. Oh yeah. He's having a great time. He's mean as all get out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's so, the thing. He's, he's got that streak of comedy to him. Like you said, where it's, 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 it's comedy horror in a way, but he is mean and he's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely get a kick out of his his quips and and all yeah. that. So I think yeah. this is my favorite of those like big three. Okay. Um, to be fair, the other two I've only seen the first movie of so far. Okay. So, so that's having seen a lot more of this one, but I think it's more my speed. Okay. Um, Good. And yeah, so I really enjoyed them. And if I had Good. to, are you gonna keep watching the rest of them? I am. Totally. Okay, good. You should. You should watch the rest. You should. Yeah, yep. I'm definitely gonna watch the rest of them. Watch five and definitely watch the rest and New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jason versus Freddy. Yeah. Like I wanna I watch don't. all that. Yeah. Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason, whichever way it goes. It's 
I mean, watch it. I don't love it, but watch it. Yeah, it's probably ridiculous. And I'm sure that as they go on, they'll get even worse, but I'll enjoy them. Well, you know, sequel stuff. Okay, so for instance, oh, for I'll just I'll just drop this. Um, mm-hmm. I watched so I, I, I watched Halloween Kills for all those out there that have wanted to see um, the new Halloween. The thing is now, like, my, so my favorite of these three is is the Halloween movies. Michael Myers is my dude. Mm-hmm. I, I I could watch the Halloween sequels every weekend, right? Um, but now there's now there's three Halloween universes basically, and it's really weird and it's kind of crazy. It's kind of out of control now, and it's become its own thing. So you know that's the thing with sequels, though. Like sequels and remakes, right? Like they you never Nightmare, know. They left it alone mostly. They they made a remake, okay, like about ten years ago, mm-hmm. but they left it alone. Um, this one, they haven't messed with a whole lot after the fact. They've kind of just made the sequels and it did its own thing and it's done with now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I mean, now watch the remake. You should watch that too. Yeah, I will. It's worth watching. Um, but speaking of the, the big three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this year when this came out in 1988, it was apparently the first time that all three of those top horror franchises had new films in the same year. So Halloween 4 came out in 1988. So I know that. Halloween 4 and Friday the 13th Part 7. Seven, the new blood, right? Yep, and okay. and Dream Master. Okay, but also so that year we got Child's Play, oh God. Hellbound, Hellraiser two, yeah, yeah, okay, and right. Phantasm two. So there were so some Halloween... other big, like big names that came out that year. So like from nineteen eighty, Friday the Thirteenth was making all the sequels every year. Uh, Nightmare was doing them after eighty four, and then Halloween. 78 and 81 and then they took a break until 88 they didn't come back then until then so nightmare or or, nightmare and um friday the 13th were only the only ones of those series that were doing them year after year for an extended period of time okay yeah yeah and people were eating i mean people were eating them up they were selling like crazy they made tons of money you know paramount and new line and these all they all made so much money off these see and maybe maybe part of the reason that i like Nightmare on Elm Street, the best of those three franchises, is that I have never been as big on slasher mm-hmm. flicks. Like, they're fine, like, and there are definitely some I enjoy, but they're not my, like, bread and butter. And yeah, so yeah. I think this has more to it than just being a slasher flick, right? Like, mm-hmm. because of that comedy. Yeah. Um, the other thing I should say about, about 4, about Dream Master... Okay. Is that this is Robert Englund's favorite movie of the series? Apparently, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So this was his favorite. Good, and he, you know, he loves these movies, and they fans love him. So definitely. Yeah. All right. Let yeah. me see. What else do I have? Okay. I have a little more trivia. Um, oh, okay. So this is the only Nightmare on Elm Street movie to feature a rap song during the end credits. Uh, the um, who is it? The Fat Boys. Yeah, that's right. And the, the and the video. If you watch the video, they shot it with I think either Robert Englund or someone dressed as Freddie. I think and it's, it's they shot Freddie it raps with them. Yeah, on 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 the set of like the house. Yes, yeah, I remember Freddy watching that when I was a kid. With them. That was awesome. Um, and then the other interesting thing that I found is that so the original concept for this film that Wes Craven and uh, Bruce Wagner came up with involved time travel through dreams. But okay. the producers, um, i.e. Robert Shea, thought that it was too high concept for Nightmare on Elm Street. 
and okay. they didn't really feel like it fit the formula that Craven had created in the first film. So that was like pitched, but didn't happen. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. That's all my trivia. So, okay. Wow. So what about you? Is your favorite three of the of these four at least? Um. Yes, I would say. Well, no, my. My favorite would be the original. I mean, I, okay. I, I enjoy the original. I mean, if, if you're saying which one of the sequels I like the best, I no, like three I'm talking the best one through four. What's your favorite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, one. it's the first one. It's the okay. first one. Yeah, Is I, that I your favorite over all of the ones you've seen? Um, I, I want to like New Nightmare. Okay. Um, only because, in a way, it's almost like a precursor to Scream that Wes Craven did, sort of. Mm-hmm. It's a movie inside a movie, like self-aware kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I kind of like it because it has Heather Langenkamp again, and it has um, uh, what's his name that played uh, Gage in Pet Cemetery, uh, Miko Hughes in it, which is cool. Okay. Um, but I mean, I think you have to stick with the original. It was just it was it it, it was original. Like you know, it was yeah. Just, oh yeah. I hadn't seen anything like that before, so I would probably say that would be it for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, so. I I say for me, it's a real toss up between three and four. I feel like they go together so much that it's hard to like pick one of them for me. Do you know what I mean? I know. I understand. And you um, know, we got to see a lot of stars that got their start in these movies, mm-hmm, which definitely. I always say, which I always say is in, in horror movies, this always happens. You always see so many folks that have gone on to do big things. You know, look at the movies we've just done. You know, uh, Patricia Arquette in part three, Johnny Depp in the original and- and we didn't even mention that, that Patricia Arquette did not come back for four. No, she did not. So Kristen was played no. by by Tuesday night instead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, these folks get their starts in these scary flicks. Um, yeah. It happens all, happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. So let's see. Do we have anything else we need to talk about about this franchise right now? Yeah. What I will say is, I know Justin may have mentioned it, but I'll, I'll go a little deeper into it, is there is a documentary called Never Sleep Again. Yes. And I it is watch by. That. 1428 films which if you know what that means that's the address of the house they live in 1428 so it is like i don't know nine ten hours long probably because it is a it is a sit down and it's it's basically a documentary it's basically like you know eight documentaries whatever it's pretty much hour or so of each movie and it's a documentary of, of each film and it's into one giant one so it's sit down interviews it's dissecting it it's footage it's everything from each movie Throughout the whole spectrum of all the Fridays, or sorry, all the Nightmare movies, um, it's amazing. I own it on DVD. Nice. Uh, I've only seen it once. It took me, you know, weeks to watch it. You can probably watch it online at this point somewhere. YouTube, you can probably watch it on yeah. YouTube. Um, check it out. Never sleep again. It's excellent. I excellent. also want to watch the one. So if you, the cool Scream thing is you want to watch. Scream oh, Queen. sorry. Oh, the, I don't know that one. The one that the that the actor in number two. Oh, you told me about that. That's right. Was yep. I want to watch yeah. that one too? That I, I haven't seen that either. That, that, that's that's a good one. I should watch that too. So the cool thing about this is also is if you love like part four, you know, if you got the disc or whatever, you can just jump to that one. You can just watch yeah. that. You don't have to watch the whole thing. So it, it is like the most in depth doc like you may ever see. I was just telling somebody what that's I was saying wild. with you guys on an episode. I finished watching. Um, uh, there's a four hour, four and a half hour documentary on Rob Zombie when he remade Halloween, mm-hmm. and it's Mike. It's called Michael Lives, and it's and you can say what you want about the movie itself, but this is a great making of I, I, stuff like that. I just love. I, I love to watch this stuff over and over again. How they made it, how they shot it, it's just so great for mm-hmm. me. It's so much fun for me. So stuff like this, 
is like the best. Yeah, I got to watch both of those ones. Um, okay, so next up, guys, uh, Secret Window with Cameron Baker as our mm. special guest. He is the host of the Unwanted Things podcast um, and I think two other podcasts. So right. you'll hear about them next week <laughs> or in two weeks. Um, and just remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform that you've got and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you're listening so more people can find us and don't forget send us your movie suggestions and your thoughts on the movies we've watched so far at thescarymovieproject at gmail.com and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thescarymovieproject peace out we'll quote my man Freddy Krueger as we leave welcome to primetime bitch <laughs> the scary movie project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi... We've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.